All right, so welcome to the fifth episode. This is five. That's Number five. This many. Big milestone. Indeed. Uh, with the fifth episode of the Game 4 podcast, uh, to celebrate Gen Con happening this week and Game 4's involvement with the Gen Con pop-up events, which we'll talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to talk about our first gaming event experiences, going to conventions, going to whatever kind of gaming events that are out there, and maybe some ideas about things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, at conventions and things to prepare for and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yep. My name is Adam. I'm Matt. And we're part of Milk Can, which you can see behind us. And Milk Can, we uh, are a company that makes a bunch of different things, software mainly, uh, but we're also all gamers. And we made an app called Game4, which is designed to help connect tabletop gamers. Um, you can get it on Android, you can get it on iOS. You can use it to find gaming events in your area, local game stores, wherever you travel. Yep. Um, conventions, other players, all kinds of stuff. Groups and clubs. Right. Uh, all that kind of jazz. So check it out. We'll talk a little bit more about it at the end. But um, before that, and before we get started on today's subject, we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on with us lately. Yeah, so uh, my gaming group, uh, my my Sunday D&D group, I mm-hmm. should say, uh, th- they've been uh, playing Dragon Heist, uh, which is one of the campaigns from... Um, Wizards. Wizards of the Coast, yeah. Yep. Uh, takes place in Waterdeep. Um, and we are n- nearly complete. Wow. Okay. So, which is exciting because while Dragon Heist has not actually been a lot more fun than I thought it was, yeah. um, it's going to get us into the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, uh, which is kind of like the sequel. And that's really the the one I had looked forward to. And I'm, I'm looking forward to And I'll take them from, they'll be, le- they're level five. Mm-hmm. And I'll take them from level five all the way to level 20. Do wow! I can be in there a while then. Oh yeah, so that should take a, a long time. But uh, yeah, because that normally, like in most r- tabletop RPGs, it's kind of progressive. Like you know, getting from level one to two is quick, and then level two to three right. is a little bit less quick, and then four. And yeah, so you know, twenty. Wow, that's yeah. up there. I don't know if I've ever like back in the day when I first played. I don't know that I ever got to twenty. Yeah, I think like ten or eleven is probably maybe. I know 12 I, got into, I got to like f- I know a guy and I were and a couple other people were playing and we got up like near fifteen, but we were all pretty young, and we all basically were cheating all of the time. <laughs> I mean, not like cheating each other, right? We were right, right. Just right. like okay, so then we killed all those um, you know gnolls, right? Yeah, okay, cool, all yeah. right, and you know, and just that's like the equivalent of like five dragons. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. So. um yeah, we did a lot of that. I mean, the DM was like the was perpetrator number one in that situation. Right, 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 right. But we still had a good time. That's well, right. that's that's, the that's really important. Yeah, um, but yeah, I've been doing that, and uh, I've also been prepping for uh, that conference, uh, which is a tech conference. Um, but uh, our company's been involved for three or four years now. We do the mobile four app years, for them. Yeah. Um, and it's in Wisconsin. It's in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin they started Dells. Yep. And uh, it's a big, like, what, 1,600 some tech folks all yeah. come together for a yeah, conference almost in August? 2,000 now, I think. Oh, is it really? Yeah, wow. It's, wow. Getting, it's getting way up there. Yeah. And the, the, the Dells is, is the water, cap, uh, water park capital of the world. This is what they say. This, so it's a giant place with a big water park. What I like about it, uh, unlike most tech conferences or even game conferences, is it's uh, devoted mostly to your family. So there's actually family learning stuff there's uh, events for the kids plus all the water slide stuff and all the water slides they yeah, actually yeah. uh one of the nights uh we get a water park party they they close it down to everyone else and only attendees and their families are allowed to attend uh from like 10 o'clock till like two o'clock in the morning wow yeah that's pretty amazing yeah, that's so. kind of cool but um, yeah it's a big it kind of you know developer right. conference and and we've we built the app for them, and we've had a relationship right. with them and for they do a while. A, they do a big uh, uh, tabletop night now. Yeah, on, that's right. On Tuesday, I believe. And last year we ran or the um, – didn't we run the uh, the library? Though? We ran the, the, li- the, yeah, the yeah, re- board re- game with, library. Yep, with our local uh, – Game store. Um, like they couldn't make it because it was wasn't it during Gen Con? Yeah, or it was right, like near or right Gen next Con? to it. Yeah, they moved it now, so it's like an extra day out. But yeah. Yeah, it's still, we're we're gonna yeah, bring their library and and some uh, our library and a friend's library, and uh, so we're gonna be running that again, mm-hmm. um, which should be a lot of fun. We had I think over 110 games checked out last time. Nice. Um, and then gonna bring along some uh, Game Four banners and stuff like oh, that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then. Uh, and I, I think like last year, the, the the game store offered they do they have an online presence, so they were giving out discounts to anyone that showed up. 
So, you so yeah, like if you use the, their li- their library at, at that conference, it's called VAT conference, which is you know sometimes confusing. Right. But um, yeah, if you use the library at that conference, then you got a discount. Yeah, it was like ten percent, I think. Which cool, is yeah. still yeah. And then uh, this year they're also going to be doing a bit larger. They had done a smaller uh, version this last year, but now the uh, conference size is twice as big because of the the facilities. Uh, they're doing a makerspace, yeah. which is going to be talking about everything from like how to solder circuit boards, building your first circuits, um, 3D printing. So 3D printing, I'm which also is your jam lately. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to be showing people uh, 3D printing and hopefully making some uh, on-the-fly 3D printed uh, swag. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, I've been prepping for that. Oh. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, I'm still painting uh, Star Wars Legion models and um, and getting those guys done. There's not – it's not that there's a ton of them, honestly. Like, my Empire Army – all told will probably be less than well i was gonna say less than 30 models that's probably not true but less than 35 models okay um which in comparison to bigger army games um you know like back in the day warhammer fantasy even to this day warhammer uh you know 40k um even though it's been streamlined and things like that you're still generally in a normal let's say 2000 point game you're normally still having more than 35 models mm-hmm. so it's got fewer models than your average kind of bigger army game but it's not a skirmish game either so, right okay um, and and they're fun models and i've been enjoying it but i'm i'm getting better i'm getting closer on it and then after that i'll probably switch over the one again downside is that right now in this area like the game's doing well mm-hmm. being only a year old but it's not taken off a ton in our area right so what i'm trying to do uh in, in building a gaming community is i am painting not just my empire but I'm also going to paint the rebels too yes so that when i go to the shop or if i talk to somebody on you know game four and things like that and i've already posted some things on game four saying hey looking for legion players or if there's the certain area. people in the office that want to try it out right exactly same thing then uh basically i can just be like we'll pick an army and we'll play one of these two yep. but i i just wanted to have them all painted before i started doing that yeah because so, i'm a dork that way um yeah, and then uh, the other thing is uh, I'm uh, building um, Age of Sigmar Warcry terrain. Okay. So Age of, Sigmar, Age of Sigmar Warcry, when this comes out, I don't know if it'll be in stores yet. But I got my copy early yeah, because right. I'm a big fancy YouTube guy. Uh, and so um, I've been putting together the terrain, which is very cool. It's very cool. And... Um, like I mean, even before, like when they were first talking about it and showing off the terrain and stuff like that, I was like, I, at the very least, I want that terrain just because it's awesome. Right. And these are all For, new sculpts. I'm assuming. Yeah, the terrain is all brand new. It's a again, it's a it's it's a game that is roughly the same size as Kill Team, meaning that Kill Team is played on a standard standard. It's played on a 22 by 30 inch board, okay. which is quite small in comparison. Yeah. Like normally, you play 40k on a four foot by six foot table. This is played on a much smaller board, and. Um, uh, Warcry is the same. Got the same small kind of board, and it's so it's a very much more tight kind of um, hand-to-hand combat sort of fight sort of a thing, and that's very cool. But there's also multiple levels because you know the buildings are all kind of ruins and stuff. There's still like a second floor, and there's walkways across and things like that. So it's really kind of neat that way. Um, and then the models themselves, what kind of differentiates this game from Kill Team? In Kill Team, they have the train, but you could use technically any train you want. You okay. know, and you can do that too in, in Warcry if you want. If you already have terrain that you want to use and you don't want to buy their terrain, knock yourself out. Um, all you really need is the rules booklet. But in Warcry, they also have kind of special uh, models. Like there are special, completely all brand new like teams. Oh, okay. Whereas yeah. in Kill Team, it was designed to be played with the current 40K models that were already out there. Not all of them, but a, a good portion of them. Sure. So they didn't have okay. to make new people for a kill team okay. in Warcry they're making new people ah yeah. but okay. um, the idea is then also uh, there's, they're making I think six different warbands that are okay. all completely new but then you can also use some of the other old, a- older Age of Sigmar stuff or not even older but just the current Age of Sigmar stuff for the other forces and use okay. those so you get a choice whether you want to use the stuff you've already got or you want to buy these new guys alright and so are they are, th- are these warbands going to get into Age of Sigmar eventually <sighs> I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm assuming so. The way that they do it with, like, um, Warhammer Underworlds, a.k.a. Shadespire, a.k.a. Night Vault, all that kind of, get, you know, you buy those little warbands that does, like, a little box, and you get anywhere from as many as three models up to as many as, like, eight in right. a box, um, depending on the, on the, on the warband. 
Um, if they're real small, little tiny guys, then you get more guys. But if they're big, huge, tough, burly folks, then you get you know um, less. Those all have special rules, so you can use them in normal Age of okay. Sigmar. So I'm pretty sure they're doing the same thing here, but I can't off the top of my head remember. Sure. And I, haven't, I haven't seen the actual stats yet on them, but yeah. So yeah, I've just been basically working on the terrain and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, technically, when this hits, I will be at Gen Con. So that's that right. Too. But yeah, um, looking forward to that as well. So, um, speaking of Gen Con being one of the largest events in the country, in this country, not the largest event in the world, but the largest event in our country for tabletop gaming, um, this week we're talking about the concept of going to gaming events, mm-hmm. whatever they might be. It might be a convention. It might be a tournament. Maybe you're into magic. Right. There's tons of tournaments for that. Um, it could be an expo it could be there's a lot of different things it could be mm-hmm. um what was your first gaming event that you tabletop gaming event that you did as a kid? Uh, so it would be about middle school so i mm-hmm. uh, had a friend whose uh, older brother was in high school uh was and his friends were all into D and yeah. as such they needed more people sure so being the smart kids uh they're Allowed us to play from time to time, but uh, basically right. got us into D and D to where we had our own gaming group. Mm-hmm. Um, but they let us know that their our local university was having D and D weekend. Um, they uh, once I found out more about it, found out it does it. They did it twice a year, uh, run by the club at the, at the uh, university, mm-hmm. um, and it was basically a weekend long. Started Friday night, went till Sunday. Uh, so yeah, the first year we went on Saturday entered into a couple of D&D uh, campaigns and played that. Um, uh, but then it became a regular thing that we did to, I would say within the first, you know, I would say the second or third one we went to, we would basically, our parents would drop us off Friday and then pick us up on Sunday because they had overnight game sessions going on. So we basically would not sleep. <laughs> Literally, you would. Right. Yeah, we would. <laughs> we would go to you know. I was gonna say like, did you get to stay in a hotel? No, no, no. We would just walk. We would walk down to like there's a local convenience store. Mm-hmm. Um, this is in Maine, uh, so it was uh, Cumberland Farms, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, get our uh, caffeine fix. You know, Mountain Dew and all that sure, stuff yeah, at yeah. the time, and uh, head back to our next session. And I'm sure that there was adults sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, these annoying <laughs> middle schoolers." <laughs> They're back. Yeah, but yeah. but we had a blast. Yeah, no, I bet. Yeah, no, that's 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 interesting. And that, that was where I... I don't know if you could do that anymore. No, and, and there was a uh, one... They, they didn't... I think they had, like, one vendor, mm-hmm. and that, that vendor was the one that talked us into buying Magic the Gathering cards. Oh. So uh, that was what we did while we were waiting for other sessions was play Magic Play Magic, yeah, yep. yeah. No, that's... I mean, that's... Th- magic, to some degree, especially early on, was, like, purpose-designed for like hey when you're waiting for bob to finally show up and get here so you can start the you know right. next night of the campaign for your D, you can sit around and play this magic game because it's pretty quick and yeah. fast and doesn't take up a lot of space yeah little did you i know, know he, that, that guy was just making us go broke oh absolutely yeah well it kept you off of drugs you know you're right i had yeah, no yeah. money for drugs this is exactly it yeah. yeah so yeah no that's very cool no i never did anything quite like that but that's i you know years and years ago i ran um a land party uh which is like uh for computer gaming and stuff like that and people would would show up and everybody brings their computer right and then you plug them all together and network them and all that kind of stuff and um kind of along the lines of your uh thing um like this was in oshkosh wisconsin and madison wisconsin's about an hour and a half south yep and this woman drove up with these three kids who were probably all at the very latest very early high school but probably middle school Mm -hmm. and she just dropped off like her son and two of her son's friends with their PCs <laughs> on like Friday afternoon because we would rent uh, an old movie theater that was now being used as a, like a play theater, you okay. know, like a theater yeah. theater. And so we would play on the stage because a couple of the guys who were in the group would were part of the, the land party and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we would just give the, the, the theater like 50 bucks and if they weren't using it that weekend, then we could hang out. And she just dropped off like three kids and then didn't come back till Sunday. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she just like talked to me for like five or ten minutes to make sure that I wasn't like a crazy person or whatever right, right. and everything looked legit. She's like, all right, cool. And then just gone. Totally and I was like, <laughs> I was probably in my 20s. And I was like, 
man, that seems like a bad idea. I don't know if that's a good thing. Right. I mean, I, I knew it was going to be fine, basically. Yeah. And those kids came for years. Like, we would do those things that's all awesome. the time, like three four, three, four times a year, and they would show up quite frequently all the way through high school and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, that, that's, that's cool, though. So um, how about you? What was yeah, your... my first tabletop gaming event was uh, actually in the city that's between where we are in Appleton and where I live. So I drive past it every day. Actually, yep. I drive past the building that it was in every day. It's right near the highway. Um, and it was a it was a gaming convention in uh, 1989, back in the halcyon days of 1989. Okay. It was called StarCon. StarCon. Uh, 89. And I also wow, went to StarCon. That is totally an 80s name. Oh, totally. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also went to StarCon in 92. I, remember, I still remember, like, the logo. I still I don't think I still have any of the the like the flyer or the book or anything like that from it or whatever. It was small. It was a real small convention. It took place at a, oh, what do you call it? Like a labor temple. You okay, know? sure, yeah. yeah. And uh, um, so it was just, and like the entire, the entire like room area, like cause it was a good size kind of like meeting room, ballroom sort of thing. Ballroom makes it sound way fancier. <laughs> but it was like a VFW, you know, right, the right, right. room. And uh, because... I don't know. Someone there was really concerned about bacteria, so like they really just bombed the heck out of the urinals with those giant urinal cakes. <laughs> so the entire building smelled like urinal cake, you know. But yep. it was just like, even to this day, if I walk in someplace and immediately get hit with the smell of urinal cake, I start thinking back it to Starcon. <laughs> it does. It really does. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, but it was a, a tabletop gaming convention. It was a lot of board games. I was not really yet into miniatures. I was a little bit into it. Like I was interested in the, they did. I do remember that year that there was a painting competition. I remember seeing, um, they had like a they had like a whole bunch of the the, the painted models, and I remember a lot of them being forty k and stuff like that, you know, uh, Warhammer uh, science fiction. And I remember one guy had a whole bunch of these models painted, and I think they were dreadnoughts. So dreadnoughts are these kind of larger, like walking robot type guys. They're right. bigger than a standard guy by a good deal. And there's um there's actually a, like a a nearly dead soldier inside the giant walking robot that's steering it. So, like, okay. if you get almost killed in battle and you're a really good warrior, then they will take you and put you inside one of those machines. So you can still fight. So, like, RoboCop, but... It, well, RoboCop, but, like, the, the but size of, like, three thing. SUVs. Right, right, right. Like, you're, you're quite large. Um, but then a lot of times they'll have these banners that kind of hang off the, like, you'll have, like, a pole that goes up the back, and then there's, like, a banner that hangs off okay. of, the, you know, the thing. And... Um, normally the banner that hangs down is some sort of standard, some sort of like, this is our, you know, this is our chapter. This is third the, regiment, third regiment. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that kind of stuff. But this guy had gone through and I don't know if he found stuff out of magazines and stuck it on there or if he hand painted it, but it was all like anime girls that were on these, like, okay. you know, not, not naked ones or anything, just like regular kind of like anime girls and stuff like that, which was a weird kind of dichotomy. And I was like looking at it. I'm like, I really like this paint job, but that, banner is really throwing me off you know what i mean it was just really weird so um but that that i i remember strongly the smell of urinal cakes i remember very strongly i won a, a game a door prize uh for a game called i think it was called world in flames and it was like a world war ii like if you took risk and um uh access, access and allies you yeah. Made everything made out of cardboard, like no plastic in the entire box. But okay. Made there be like 6,000 pieces and make it. It was like super duper heavy duty grognard, like really deep game for people who were really into World War II. And it had amazing like production value, like on the outside of the box. It was gorgeous. And when I won this, I was like, wow, this is, it was huge, this huge box. And I opened it up and it was just filled with tiny little cardboard chips. And then and that was like it. And I was like, there's no like tanks in here, nothing cool, nothing. All right. <laughs> I don't. I never played it. As it turns out. So sorry about that. But um, I also remember what the thing. One of the big games that I did play there was this game called Supremacy, which was an older um, board game, kind of a war game board game. So it was along the lines of like Risk or, or that kind of stuff or sure. Axis and Allies. It was like Risk, but basically on steroids. Um, and I played it with some other folks that I knew and we were like well let's get together and play it like we played it every thursday night anyway but we we're like hey let's get together and play it at this place and we were like all right i guess i mean you know it was cool because we got to see the other stuff and everything like that it was just basically us just playing a game like that game took us so long we would play it every thursday night and it, it's not like we would play one game every thursday night it would take us sometimes a month to get oh, a wow. game done okay, yeah. um 
So I don't know what we were thinking trying to get one game done in two days, but you know, whatever. So it was still fun though. It was a lot of fun. I, I do really, I, I have tried to recreate that atmosphere a little bit in some of the stuff that I've done as far as event planning and things like that sure. to some degree that I've done in the future. Now, now you've done a lot of like hosting your stuff. Or yeah. So because of like that kind of convention, um, I really got interested in wanting to run a gaming convention here uh, in town. And so um, I was looking into like the Eagles Club ballroom and I was looking into like all kinds of places for years trying to get prices and things like that. And then um, I did eventually sometime right around 2001 or 2002, I got um, a convention started in town. So I live in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And so I called the convention Oshkon, which just made sense. Yep. And uh, it, the first several years, it was in the basement of the um, Masonic Temple downtown. Okay. So the Masonic Temple basement, which had its own strange smells, uh, <laughs> which was interesting because also um, they rented that basement out to folks that raced um, RC cars. Okay. So and so it smelled like, it's called tire uh, tire compound. Right. So it's got this winter green kind of, it's like the, these guys race on carpet tracks and they race these like really super flat like Le Mans style cars. Yep. And they're really close to the ground and they don't use rubber tires, they use foam rubber tires. And so they rub this compound, this fluid on it before they put it on the track so it'll stick to the track better. And it has this winter green, just powerful winter green smell. Okay. So whenever you walk down in there during uh, a race, like the carpet smells like it that they lay down and everything smells like the wintergreen. And even years later, walking down in there, it still smelled like wintergreen to okay. some degree, which is you know better than urinal cake for the most part. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I ran this little convention. Like the first year was like, I don't know, 60 people, maybe something like okay. that. And this is back pre-internet. Well, oh, not really. Okay. I mean, 2001, you know, there, but it was not, there was, it was certainly pre-Facebook. Okay, right. So, you know, and pre-apps and pre, like all these different things. It was like, if you didn't know about it, it was pre-Google, nearly, 2001. Like, I was probably still using yeah, AltaVista. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was hard. Yeah, yeah, I was using Hotbot or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was kind of hard to, to, to still find stuff like that, you know. Um, but I wanted to make it just a general uh, tabletop uh, gaming convention. So, you know, there was people could come run R RP RPGs. People could come run board games. Um, at that point, I was starting to get more interested in miniatures, but it was still sort of difficult to get people to kind of like bring that kind of stuff to run at, at conventions because sure. you know, you're bringing you're bringing a board game to a convention it's a box you set it down you right. open it up everything's inside yep. you're going to do that with miniatures you're bringing a mat or a, a board and the terrain and blah 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 jazz so um anyway but yeah i did that for i ran oshkon and eventually moved it to the university uh i ran that for like 11 years oh wow so there was one year where I didn't run it, and it was 2004 because the Masons were trying to sell the building at the time, which did not work out for them. Okay. Uh, and also, it was the year I was getting married. So uh, I basically just took that year off. Kind Good of. choice, probably. Yeah. But, yeah, so ran it for 11 years until 2012, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think that was the last year, 2012 or 2013, right when I started the YouTube channel, actually. It was the, oh, wow. the idea was I'm going to stop doing this, and I'm going to start running the YouTube channel because I just don't have the time to do both. Then, fast forward about five years or four and I decided to start running a little miniature convention for the folks who come to the the who are fans of the YouTube channel right so that's when TMX started which is the tabletop minions expo mm -hmm. and the reason I called it an expo instead of a convention is because the real thing I want the real takeaway I want from people who come to TMX is I want them to come and not bring their miniatures like they're not going to a miniatures tournament they're not bringing you know they are going to come and you're going to it's an expo because you're going to learn new games yep everybody who comes there to and you've been there yep and, right. and you know everybody who comes to the thing it, you're, you're playing demo games you're learning new stuff right and those people the, the game masters who are running things are bringing everything so that you can yeah, play there's new games learn. old games there's games yeah it's always oh, yeah. fun when you know somebody you know the, hasn't been to one before and they come in and they're like what is that? And oh, yeah. Like, what is that? Wait, yeah. What is that? And yeah. And it's small. I mean, again, like, you know, this, I think this year there was like 70 ish people, you yeah. know, something like that. And that's fine. But um, on the other hand, you know, like a couple of them came from Australia. Right. A couple of them came from the UK. People came from the West Coast, East Coast, Texas, you know, so right. the, and, and that's, that's because of the YouTube channel and the, and the stretch of that. 
if you were to, if you don't have your own YouTube channel, which most mm-hmm. of you don't, and you wanted to start something like this, then you've got to do a lot more advertising in your local area. Like I don't right. bother like hanging up flyers at stores or anything along those right. lines. Um, you know, I just basically talk about it on the YouTube channel, but, um, yeah, normally are, your local ones will yeah, advertise your game stores, oh, your, yeah. your and, gaming you know, groups, and, and on Facebook. different things, and yeah. yeah, and definitely, and and you know you can also put your uh, convention into um, game four, into game four, yes. yeah, for free, and then people can find it uh, in their local area. So there's that too. Um, there's a lot more tools actually that are available for people who, if you want to run your own right. convention, um, it's it's hard work, you know. Um, I don't. I've had people be like, oh man, like like. 10 years you're going to be as big as like Adapticon or something like that I'm like no not even I don't want that yeah, right, no, that's, no. A, that's a that's a massive amount of work putting on a convention right. that big even putting on a convention a third that size is still a massive amount of work right. so I want to keep it small but you know with Oshkon I got to eh, I think one year we had about 250 people that's a good size yeah. you know and again it's you know if you got a day job you know you've got things to do so you know if you decide to make your convention your day job then you've got to work a lot harder to get more people there because you want to be able to make more money and right. that kind of jazz and whatever so there's that but the majority of gaming conventions and events are for the most part run by individuals it run by people run by mm-hmm. i mean maybe groups of people but it's it's not like they're run by big companies it's not like they're run by massive corporations right the majority of them there are some out there right but the majority of them are run by people who are passionate about tabletop gaming mm-hmm. yeah um so those are the events that we have gone to or, or, or ran. What about the events that we do now? So Yeah, well, so like I said, Gen Con. So Gen Con is the biggest tabletop gaming event in America, in the mm-hmm. United States. Uh, it these days is around sixty to sixty two thousand folks. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. In uh, Indianapolis. It originally started more than 50 years ago in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, actually. Mm -hmm. Hence the term Geneva Convention, hence Gen Con. That's where it came from. And it was originally actually a miniatures convention. Of course, it wasn't called miniatures back then. It was just basically called wargaming because it was all American Civil War. It was what we now call historicals. Yes. Yeah, so it was all historical, like, battles. And it's great because a couple years ago when it was the 50th anniversary, they had this big museum that they set up. And they had pictures, and it was just so funny because it was like 1967 or whatever, you know, when the first started. And they had pictures from the first one, and it's all guys in like horn rim glasses with uh, white button down short sleeve shirts with like pocket protectors nice. and the whole deal, like, you know, standing around looking very serious but pushing around their like toy soldiers and stuff and everything. And that's how it started. Um, but it has now grown to be massive. The, on the 50th anniversary, uh, they had. They they built using like, you know, like those like kind of velvet ropes to rope off, like don't go right, over right, here, right. that kind of thing. They built using like velvet ropes and stuff like that, uh, a a shape, and and that was the shape of the original horticulture center in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, where the first Gen Con was held. Okay, and that's what they had the museum of all the cool stuff inside. So they built somebody built a replica of the entrance to the horticulture oh, center. Wow. Yeah. And then everything else was just like roped off. Sure. And then you, so this is like, this was the size of the entire building right, that right. the first Gen Con was in. That museum was on the 50 yard line of the Lucas oil center where the Indianapolis Colts play. Right. And that was only a portion of all of Gen Con now, because like they had that thing there and then there was like, laser tag and there was like a games library and there was a whole bunch of rpgs and all kinds of other stuff just going on on the football football field yeah then there were other rooms all around that building that they were using and then you walked across this underground kind of passageway over to the uh big um indiana indianapolis convention center i think they call it right and that entire building is completely filled with with gen con and it's so it's taken over two huge massive buildings now at this point but it was just, I think it was, it was an amazing image to just see, like, this We're tiny little building yeah. in the middle. I went way up in the stands uh, at the football stadium and took a picture of the overall thing. And you could see, like, this little tiny thing in the building where the, <laughs> menu, or the, the, where the um, museum was. And that was the original Gen Con. And now this is that's only yeah, a the, portion that's taken I'm over. Yeah, pretty sure they never expected that. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely not. But it was very interesting. And it's, it is the biggest uh, in, the, in the United States. Um, over Biggest in the world is actually Essen. Spiel in yep. uh, probably I Essen, Essen, yeah, no, Essen Spiel in Essen, yeah. yeah. But it's uh, and that is in Germany, and yep. um, that's 
I don't know. I think it's twice the size, isn't it? Like 120,000 or something yeah, crazy I, like I, that? Yeah, and it's because I think it's spread out so much that I don't True. I don't know if they have an accurate amount. Yeah. Like it's number so of big people. They yeah. don't even know how big it is. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, and that's a but again, that is well, both of these conventions, if you're going to take a look at the four genres, like in Game 4, we've got that filter at the bottom, and mm-hmm. you can filter by genre. You've got board games, you've got CCGs, which are collectible card games, you've got RPGs, which are role-playing games, and you've got war games, yep. miniatures and whatnot. Of those four, at these big conventions, I would say 70% is maybe board games. Yeah. Was, I mean, if you just look at the market in general. Right, it's the majority. It's the right majority. Now. Maybe it's 60 because RPGs is a huge group. It is. And and collectible card games, not as big. I mean, nearly every game store is going to carry magic. Right. They'd be silly not to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and so tons of people play that kind of stuff. But there's not nearly as many collectible card games as there used to be because there used to be a zillion of them. And then all of a sudden, finally, Wizards of the Coast, I guess, got a patent and said because they invented collectible card games, which I guess they kind of did. I don't know. I don't know a ton about it. But then all of a sudden... The, the heyday of, of collectible card games disappeared. Okay. And then it was basically just Magic and like Pokemon and a couple others that and I don't know if you they're paying a yeah. licensing or what's going on, but you don't see nearly as many of those. Mm. Like back when when Gen Con was still in Milwaukee, because it was in Lake Geneva for years and then it moved to UW Parkside and it moved around Wisconsin a bit and then ended up in Milwaukee for years and years and years. And then in right. 2002, I think was the last year it was in Milwaukee and then moved to Indianapolis and has been there since 2003. The, um, like, you know, the, the, the card games, that's, that's kind of the big thing. And I remember the last couple of years when it was at Gen Con, you'd be walking, and like, every other booth was a collectible card game. Right. And now that's not the case anymore. It's just kind of magic and a couple other smaller ones. Right. So, um, again, in that kind of group, you've got your, sadly, my uh, beloved uh, miniature gaming out of the is the smallest of the four genres yeah so you know that is what it is but when you go to something like Essen, when you go to something like gen con if you're interested in board gaming or rpgs or ccgs you're home if you're interested in just war games you're going to have a little bit of a harder time but there are conventions that are designed for folks who just like war games there's conventions for folks who just like rpgs and there's also conventions these are all smaller right but conventions for even people who just play um, like magic, but those are normally tournaments more than right. actual conventions. But um, so yeah, so Gen Con is kind of the big, big dog. Um, but I go to that pretty much every year, and you're hoping to go probably next year. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, this year, I think I'm going to check out the pop up event because we have yeah we have some going on actually like so right yeah, in town. So, so this year, Gen Con did something new, which I think is really smart. And um, what they did is they've decided to do these pop up Gen Cons. And what they are, for those of you that don't know, uh, is uh, Matt knows this, obviously. But for those of you that don't, don't know, um, pop-up Gen Cons are, there's 45-ish or almost 45, something yeah, between 40 and 45. For this initial year, yeah. For this first year, uh, events or stores. Stores, yep. That are predominantly in the United States, but there's a couple over in the UK, I think. I think so, yes. And they are, during Gen Con, they are having events at these stores. So these stores are having its special events during Gen Con. Right. When you go to these events, you can get a cool Gen Con pin, and you can get a Gen Con style badge, right, and getting, you can yeah, play Gen get, Con games. You're getting some swag. Yeah, you're, you can get some swag. You and can buy also, some of the pre-releases. That's the big thing. Is like the, a lot of games, the thing about these big conventions a lot of times is that when you go to these conventions, you can sometimes get stuff earlier than before it goes into stores because they get an extra shipment ahead of time, bring it to Gen Con, and sell it for for retail and then they don't have to go through distribution you know just the the game company that made it gets to make all the money and it's great for them and that 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 makes the large rush every morning exactly exactly so some of those games are actually going to be available not just at gen con but also at these pop-up gen con places Mm -hmm. so this is kind of a special deal um so gen con reached out to us a month and a half ago or whatever and said hey we want our pop-up gen cons to be featured in uh Game, game for we want to work together with you partner mm-hmm. on this so we can do that so that's what we did so that's going to be very cool so you're looking at going to a pop-up gen con in appleton yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. i'm going to do the appleton yeah. one uh during during gen con and i'll be at regular gen con um but there's like a lot of other local conventions too that there's you've probably got in your area and may not even know right about. yeah and that's you know when i started because i uh, you know when i moved around and 
got in with different friends and you know different priorities. We get to high school, college, mm-hmm. kind of get away from board games. When I got back into the, into you know tabletop, uh, specifically board games, uh, we went to one of our local conventions for the first time. Going back to conventions was called uh, Fire Nice. Yeah, um, that's in Manitowoc. Wisconsin. Manitowoc uh, been going on for twenty years, I think, almost yeah. or something like that. And that's Maybe not quite close. yeah, I, and that's a that's a fun little uh, you know it's not too little but it's these days it's uh, 500, 600 people maybe yeah. over the course of three days like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, held at the fairgrounds, I believe. It's what In, it's considered. Yeah, the Manitowoc County Expo Center or something right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. The they now have heated bathrooms. The first year I went, it was uh, yeah because it's held it's in February, late February. Yeah. It's so it's chilly. Sometimes, yeah, minus 40. <laughs> there was the one year, yeah, that I went. Uh, that was my first year was the minus 40. It was just. Well, no, because that was, was it? No, because you were, it wasn't, it was at the Expo Center. The year that I went when oh, it was that cold, it was, it, it was okay. at the old, it was still in Sheboygan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a much smaller, it was like a, it was like a town uh, center. It was really tiny, okay. really tiny. Um, now, yeah, they have plenty of more space, but it's still it's end of February in Wisconsin. You, it's a crapshoot. Right. You don't know if it's going to be. It might be everything might be melting. On the other hand, everything might be really yeah. frozen. So and last year I didn't make it because we had a nice storm going on. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> which is also problematic. But that's a convention as well that is designed for all types of tabletop gaming. You're going to find a lot of board gaming, but you're also going to find RPGs. Right. Uh, you're going to find they. The, the, uh, Fire and Ice does and has for years and years and years had a big 40k tournament on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just been like tradition now. Right. And they've um, got our RPGs going around the corner, around the edges. Yeah, and they kind of build like little pseudo rooms with like pipe and drape to help with the right. noise. And and in stuff, fact, which I is think nice. That's when I played D and D for like the first time in like 15 years. Was I think was there. Yeah, because that's when you got into Adventurers League, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's very cool. Um, but they also do, you know, there's magic and there's vendors, and that's the thing. Like when you go to these conventions, most normal conventions have a have, and, and this is really what def- differentiates a, an ev- uh, a convention versus just like a, a gathering or whatever. Right. Is there's usually a schedule. Yep. When you there's some sort of program, whether it's printed or something nowadays, you can find on your phone or it's on the web or whatever that says at three o'clock at this table there's going to be settlers of Catan, or you know, two o'clock at this table there's going to be. Uh, magic draft or whatever the deal is right and that's really as opposed to because there's other types of events which are no less valid but it uh, there's board game events where you just basically show up and bring your board games it's just open yeah and it's just open and you find a table and you just wait for people to walk by and be like hey you want to play this and like a lot of times they people will set up the game and then put the lid kind of up right so that you can see it as you walk by with like looking for players or looking for teachers yeah, yeah. And, and then people will come by and be like oh yeah i'll get in on that and there's no schedule or anything like that but that's you know it depends on what you like what you're into mm-hmm. um fire and ice is something with a schedule always has you know yep. most most conventions do um let's see the adepticon um the, i mentioned that a couple of times that one is the biggest one in the country for miniatures yep but in comparison to 60,000 folks at Gen Con, it's like 5,000 folks. But it's right. still the biggest for miniatures, but mm-hmm. it's, that's still like 5,000 folks. But, yeah, if, you're, if you've ever been curious about miniatures, oh, I mean, yeah. you can get in without paying for – if you're not doing events, you can yeah. generally get into these for free. Like if, it's in the Chicagoland area. Yeah. It's in Schaumburg. So if you're interested in it and you live anywhere near there, even a couple hours drive, if you drive there, check it out. You can walk around through the vending area for free. Mm-hmm. You can check things out and whatever. You can't play any of the games, really, because, you know, they're generally tournaments and you have to be registered and all that jazz. But you can do some of the the demos that are being run at the vendor booths. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and that's that's when I ended up buying my first set of miniatures. Right. uh, Because I played a demo and was like, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And so, like, that kind of thing is really interesting, too. That's another big benefit to going to events is not just, like, there's a bunch of games there new games and demos of games you can check out there's also the vendors and a lot of times even still to this day there's a lot of things you can find vendors at these things that you just they're not in stores right you didn't know that product even existed yeah even if it is a product maybe you just didn't know it existed because it's not in distribution yet or it's just something like this guy goes to this convention and cranks out stuff on his 3d printer and you know and it's just amazing or whatever the deal is like there's plenty of things still to this day even more so now because with 3D printing and, and all kinds of stuff like that, laser cut MDF, all that jazz, there's it, acrylic. There's a lot of ways that you can manufacture at home almost, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting. But those are the types of things you're seeing also cropping up at a lot of these, and especially smaller conventions sometimes too. Right. Um, 
Origins. I just got back from that. That was the end of June. That's and in Columbus, yeah. That's Ohio. Like a, yeah, Columbus, Ohio. And that's like a, a mini Gen Con. That's 20,000 people. Right. But it is basically the same sort of format. And you have a vendor area. You've got games and events and programs. And it's mostly board games. But there's still other stuff going on there mm-hmm. as well. Um, uh, that one's fun. And then uh, Nova, the Nova Open, is one that uh, I've gone to a bunch, or at least a couple, top, a couple times now. And um, that one is Nova stands for Northern Virginia. And it takes place in Northern Virginia, like right... Like you're in Northern Virginia, but technically you're like four miles from the White House, right. like because the way that the 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 borders are crazy over there. Yeah. But yeah, so you're technically in Northern Virginia, but it's basically DC, and uh, it's the, so it's the Northern Virginia Open, and it is a big, huge miniatures tournament. But there's still also vending. There's also demo games, and there's all kinds of other stuff going on. Right. There's um, hobby events and seminars that you can take. Like, I'll be there this year. I'm teaching three different seminars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and that one's also, that one size-wise is probably about 2,500, maybe 3,000 people, right. so it's about half the size. And that one, it's, it, it's uh, for charity. That though, one's right? a lot for, yeah. And, and, and a lot of these conventions also are doing things like that, where they either have some sort of charity raffle, or they're trying to raise money for charity. Nova Open is designed that it is completely charity, like all of it. Wow. Yep. Yeah, like they they raise money for. I, I, the, last year it was three different charities. One of them was definitely Doctors Without Borders, and I forget what the other two were. The, I, they weren't like big names that I recognized, sure. but yeah, they were all for charity. That's awesome. Yeah, so they raise a bunch of money for that kind of stuff. So you get to enjoy your hobby and feel like you're doing good. As exactly. Well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then again, in our neck of the woods, there's another one that's been growing just over the last six seven years is it even yeah i, I think it was just number five wasn't it, or? <sighs> it was, the last year was either five or six this yeah. year i think is seven but i don't i'm not sure on that we have to double check uh it's a convention with kind of a terrible name uh called game hole con yes um i'm not exactly sure where the name came from i think that it's i don't know if it was somebody like referred to their basement as the game hole which is kind of like a hobbit hole right you know and then it just expanded i'm not sure um but again a general tabletop convention but uh, I would say that, honestly, I would say that RPGs were a little bit stronger there than than well, yeah, 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 than than board games in that situation. And, and there was also a decent amount of miniatures there. Right. The one thing I really didn't see much was uh, I didn't see much in the way of card games. I didn't see a lot of Magic. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. But they, but they had a lot going on. A lot of celebrities going. Like, yeah, like within the the, the, the realm of you know, yeah, the, like Steve Jackson was standing beside us in a vendor booth. Yeah, Steve Jackson from Steve Jackson Games was there. We saw. Matt Mercer. Matt Mercer from Critical Role, Satine Phoenix, yep. um, other ones. Uh, at one point, we were standing and talking to um, um, Matthew Lillard, yeah, who is uh, Hollywood's uh, Shaggy, if you remember him. He was right. also serial killer in, uh, uh, in um, uh, uh, Hackers. You remember the movie Hackers? Right, but he wasn't a serial killer in that. Oh, yeah, yeah he, he was, was ser- the, he, not a serial killer. No, he, no, he wasn't. But I'm even, thinking of Scream. Yeah, he was a serial killer in Scream, Scream. but his, his character's character was name was Serial Killer. There, oh, yes. Like, he eats yes, cereal. That's and, right. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, in Hackers and uh, and stuff like that. So you probably know Matthew Lillard. He is part of um, a company called Beetle and Grimm mm-hmm. that makes really super fancy high, uh, high-end, like, add-ons for officially licensed Wizards of the Coast D and D campaigns. Yeah, they've got so a new like, one coming for the new Baldur's Gate uh, expansion. Yeah, so like these are expensive and kind of exclusive. But when right. you and your group are sitting down to play this campaign, instead of just being like, "Oh," and then you found uh, the Night Guard's badge on the ground and the back had a strange symbol etched on it, right. instead your DM can now hand you right. this metal badge that's been, and so it's like. Yeah, like and it, maps are yeah, all made out of cloth, the, and it's the yeah. letters are yeah, you've got yeah. Of, yeah, they're a little it's bit super fancy, maps cool stuff. And, and he's been he's been playing with these guys, these two other guys, um, possibly Beetle and Grimm, and uh, he's been playing with them, I guess, uh, since middle school. Right, what so, he was telling us. Yeah, so that it was actually their gaming group, and then yeah, then they formed this company. Yeah, so, so and he's part of it, and uh, so yeah, it, it was it's it's a very cool convention. It's getting bigger. Um, if you're into um, and this is another thing you'd only find at conventions too. They also do the uh, what the heck is that live action thing? Now I knew you were going to do that to me. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head now. Uh, dungeon, it's a dungeon crawl, and uh, in it's not at very many conventions. It's at Gen Con, it's at Origins, and it is at uh, one of the R- packs. Real dungeon. Real true dungeon. dungeon, true, true dungeon, dungeon. true dungeon is the word we were. Uh, those of you who knew what I was talking about were yelling at the at yes. your. 
computer or whatever. Sorry. Or, um, or. But yeah, so True Dungeon is at all of these big conventions, Gen Con, you know, Origins, all this stuff, and also in Madison, Wisconsin at Game Hole Con. Um, and evidently the reason for that is because the folks who run Game Hole Con, we were told, bought, right. they wanted bought it there. True, True Dungeon because they wanted it to be at Game Hole Con, so they just <laughs> bought it, and I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. Um, so yeah, uh, it, True Dungeon is kind of a, like, it's not live action in that you get totally all dressed up and hit each other with foam swords. Right. It's more like an escape room where you're escaping from room to room to room, and there's puzzles and things like that, and you do have these little plastic discs right. that have, like, your weapons on them. And there's an entire subculture of people who buy and sell and trade these plastic yep. discs for True Dungeon. I don't know a ton about it, honestly, but that's a thing you can really only find at conventions as well. Right. And yeah. then, the, yeah, sometimes the, the old school video games, too. Uh, what was the one that's... Was it uh, MechWarrior there? Or is that, or is that Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the, the Battletech pods yeah. back in the day. Yeah, like there used to be these centers. There was one in Chicago and I think one out in L.A. where it was like... You know, and this is in the like late '90s, early 2000s, where you could go and you'd pay like a certain amount, and you'd be able to hang out there all day and play in these BattleTech pods, which were these completely enclosed pods that had multiple screens and all kinds of huge joysticks and crazy shenanigans. And awesome vector on. graphics. Yeah, not you know back then the graphics were awesome. Right. These days they're not as good, but they still take like they those guys were at uh, Origins. They're functional and yeah, yeah. They keep these machines all running and stuff like that. And like I remember years ago at Gen Con, not that long ago, three years ago. I was like, you know what? I'm going to play some of this. I haven't played this in years. This will be a lot of fun. So I walk up, and I'm like, yeah, I want to get in and play some of this. He's like, okay, well, we've got some time available at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, they are, <laughs> right. like, seriously, like... Right, they're booked. They're booked, like, for a long time. So, like, if you want to come back at 3 o'clock in the morning, we can put you down, and then you can play then, you know. But you only play, like, twice, because then by 5 o'clock, it starts picking right. up again, or whatever, you know. And it was crazy. So, I mean, this type of stuff is the things that you can do with these kinds of gaming conventions. And even beyond just the things you can do, the people that you can meet, right? Like, there's people that I t- that I t- I've, I'm friends with only because I see them at conventions, mm-hmm. you know. And nowadays, because of the internet and apps and all the kinds of things, you can keep in touch with them a lot easier right. than you used to be able to. There used to be people you just only saw once a year, right? But, but now you can, you yeah, can, you you can know. meet, yeah, the creators, you know. Oh uh, yeah, that's true too. And you're also a, interfacing directly with the people who yeah, design a, these. There's games. a guy that I play pinball with that has uh, one of the original. Uh, Dungeon Master Guides mm-hmm. that's signed by Gary Ga- Gygax right. uh, at GaryCon. Uh, he went every year and has it signed every single year. Mm-hmm. Well, had it signed yeah. every single year. So, you know, because you got to meet him just yeah. by hanging out there. Yeah. Uh, GaryCon is a big one in, um, well, that's kind of on your bucket list. That is on my bucket list. GaryCon is also here in Wisconsin. It's in Lake Geneva. Yes. Which is where not only uh, Gen Con started, but it's also where... Uh, TSR started. TSR was the original company that, uh, that 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 started Dungeons and Dragons, right? And then Wizards of the Coast bought TSR in the late '90s, I think. Yep. Um, so it's ridiculously close for me not having gone. Right. Exactly. It's like what is it, an hour and a half drive, yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah. yeah. So the the problem, at least with me, to partially is that a I'm not as big of an RPG player, and b again this upcoming year, evidently it's. Same time as Adepticon. Same time as Adepticon. So, for me, I'm not. Yeah, not planning on going. But it's a. It, it is a. It, it's. It is just RPGs. There's well, right. to be fair, like every once in a while you'll see somebody play Magic or something mm-hmm. like that or whatever. We, again, they're, they're waiting for the right. next game. Uh, and um, but for the most part, it's designed to be basically aimed towards, you know, the the, the RPG stuff. And again, you see, you know, Matt Mercer's and Satine Phoenix and. Um, uh, what's his name? The guy who does all the uh, Dungeon Forge, uh, Dwarven Forge. Right. They, they did a Netflix. Uh, yeah, they did a Netflix documentary called Dwarvenaut or whatever. There's more people yelling at their screens. Again, yeah, again. I can't think of his name. I've met him. Uh, St- Steven, Stefan, something. Anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, I met him at Origins actually a couple of years ago. And he's a super nice guy. But like those types of people, you know, are going right. to this, which is really cool. Um, and then also on your bucket list is also. Gen Con. Gen Con, yeah. which again, but to be fair, I did not live in Wisconsin when it was in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So, so that helps a little bit of my credibility, but yeah, Gen Con, I just, that conference usually runs up against it. Yeah, and, uh, makes it problematic as well. Yeah, so, and, and it's, it's also, also really hard to get rooms. It's hard to get rooms. There's 60,000 plus people trying to get not there. Not all of us has friends that have magical Yeah, no, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed in that I've got a friend who's really good at getting hotel rooms for, for Gen Con, so that helps a lot. Um, 
now admittedly there's six of us in one hotel room but it's technically well, this year it's a really nice big hotel room so right. that'll be good too hopefully you that'll paid your dues you're yeah, so that'll be good that'll be fine um and then if we mentioned essenspiel yeah essenspiel uh, yeah i took german in high school uh, you know and then uh, you know europe and being the largest in the world just to you know even just say that hey i've been there yeah and, no absolutely and, and check it out yeah so uh for me i would definitely like to go see salute which is in the UK once a year. And it's it's crazy because the UK does a lot of... I don't know, but did Salute go two days this year? Generally, a lot of the conventions over in the UK are a one-day affair. Right. Uh, and it's partially because everything is a lot more expensive, like expo-wise. Like mm-hmm. everything's so small and, and, and everything's old and it's just Compact, difficult. Yeah, yeah, so it's difficult to find like a big place that big to be able to do stuff and have it afford to have it for two days is just evidently... Uh, it's crazy to me, but that's what it is. So um, I would like to sh- check that out eventually. Um, and then uh, it's not exactly a gaming event, but kind of it is. Uh, Warhammer World, uh, in the also in the UK, in Nottingham. I'd like to go check that out. And potentially my wife and I might be going to the UK this year. So Nice. Yeah, yeah. so that I, we wouldn't be able to make it to Salute because Salute is also, strangely enough, right around the exact same time as Adepticon, <sighs> which is kind of weird. Those guys should all kind of like yeah, link right. up and get that yeah, stuff figured out. It should make it a little bit easier for us to yeah. do. Yeah. But um, Warhammer World does also have a big event, usually in May. So we would just go and, like, it's open all the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there is, like, a special event that they do once a year, which, again, won't be during the time we're there. We're looking at maybe October so nice but yeah there's a lot of benefit to going to a gaming event whether it's something small and local nearby you right or whether it's you know saving up your money and going to like a big right. there's huge, a there's a size know. for everybody to absolutely and there's an and there's a specific convention for everybody too right specifics you know not only just the size but also like there's you know if you want competitive or casual right or yeah. learning an expo or just rpgs or just board games or just you know magic or just miniatures whatever you're looking for um, and again, like I said, especially when you go to the local conventions, which I always push people, they should try to go to local conventions. If you go to local conventions, not only are you going to find all kinds of interesting games and things like that, but you're probably also going to find people who also are kind of local. Mm-hmm. And then you will meet them in person, and, and then you probably might get together and play again other games later on after right. the convention. Great place to find it. Yeah, definitely. Well, anyway, I think that's pretty much about it for our talk about conventions and stuff. We've kind of rambled on a little bit about... Uh, I talked a lot about Gen Con, probably. Right. But, you know, but it's, that's okay. it's cool. But, uh, yeah, and again, the pop-up events, you know, if by the time you're listening to this, you probably still have time to check out, see if there's one local to you. Yeah, if you're listening to this on the day that it launches, uh, or right around there, depending on whether you're listening on audio or listening to it on YouTube, you'll be able to um, still find local, if there are any local ones near you. Tickets left, events. Though, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and check those out. Um, and maybe uh, you're listening to this while you're waiting in line or something at Gen Con, and maybe you'll see me walk by, and you can wave, and I'll wave back and or talk to you or whatever. That's, that's also fun. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the show. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Game 4 Podcast. If you've got questions or comments and you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment below. Uh, if you're listening via your favorite podcast player, and we're on nine different podcast networks now. Yeah. Yeah, like including. I didn't yeah, even they know there was nine. Yeah, exactly. Honest. Yeah, but now like Apple and Spotify and all those different ones. But if you're listening to this on your podcast player, you're just not into the whole YouTube comment section thing, then you can feel free to reach out to us via email at podcast at imgame4.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And lastly, to find out more about the Game 4 platform designed to connect tabletop gamers and even to potentially help you find local conventions in your area, uh, please check out the website at www.iamgame4.com. That is www.iamgameforcom Thanks. See you next time.